Hallelujah. The Word says you can live to 120 if you want to, or until you're at least satisfied. Come on now. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. We have, um, over the last, uh, well, last several months here, been working through a series, um, you know, just the fact that we're overcomers. Uh, one of the things the Spirit of God told us beginning of the year, that this was a year of the overcomer. And so what we've done is we've taken, uh, you know, some time and, and we've kind of done a lot of mini-series within the series, kind of a deal, just kind of coming at you from different angles uh, concerning overcoming and what it means to overcome and how we overcome, praise God. So with that said, we're going to go to 1 John. Put that back up on the board, if you will. Here's our key verse, some of our opening verses here. For whatever is born of God, everybody say whatever. Whatever, whatever is born of God. Anything that comes out of God or birthed out of God, amen, has overcoming ability in it. All right? So whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What, what's the victory? Our faith, our, our believing, our, uh, our confidence, our reliance, our dependence, amen, our trust, amen. Hallelujah. In other words, if God says you're an overcomer, you got to trust that. Come on, right? Let's go to the next verse, okay? Verse 5 says, whoever, or pardon me, who is he who overcomes? Now he makes it personal. Who's he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Anybody here believe Jesus is the Son of God? Okay, let's try that one more time. Anybody else in here believe that? Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Now, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you are also one born of God. And if you've been born of God, amen, new birth, right? Born again, born of God. And if you're born of God, that makes you an overcomer. Chapter 4, verse 4. Put, throw that up real quick. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Talking about the world. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is uh, or in the world, praise God, amen. So look at your neighbor, smile real big and say, hey, overcomer. And have look at your other neighbor and say, the greater one's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That makes you an overcomer. If you could put chapter 5, verse 4 up again, amen, whatever is born of God. And this is kind of uh, something that we've kind of been uh, kind of diving into uh, each week and um, we've talked about things like the, the armor of God. You know, how many know the armor of God's born out of God, right? Come on. So that means it's, a, it's overcoming power. Amen. The Spirit of God. We spent uh, probably four or five weeks just talking about the, uh, the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. And, and the Holy Spirit's born of God. Amen. So that means, praise God, there's overcoming ability, overcoming power. Amen. Every time you connect with the Spirit of God, lean on the Spirit of God, pray in the Spirit of God, I mean, the, the, you got overcoming power working on your behalf. Praise God. Amen. And we've talked about multiple things. And today, I'm going to talk about a no-limit uh, uh, no um, mentality. A no limit mentality. How many know if you're gonna if you're gonna overcome anything, if you're gonna conquer in anything, you're gonna have to start thinking about you know there are no limits to what God can do. Are you still hearing me? Now the the word here overcome uh, is the the Greek word for overcome is nikeo. Okay, 
and it means to subdue, to conquer. Now, let me as I'm as I'm giving you this definition, uh, even though we've we've worked on this thing for weeks, uh, I want you to think about areas of your life that you're trying to overcome, or things that you're trying to sh- see shifted or changed in your life. See uh, see yourself o- uh, you know conquer in these areas, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen. Just know this that you are an overcomer. All right, so, amen, so the word overcome, again, means to subdue, means to conquer, it means to prevail over something, it means to get the victory or gain a decisive victory. I like that definition, amen, that's just right out of the concordance there, it just talks about a decisive victory. So in other words, whatever it is you're you're pinpointing in your life, amen, you can gain a decisive victory over that area. Are you still with me? So, I mean, we got to think about that, okay? Okay, so a decisive victory. Now, let's get uh, Romans 8, put that on another verse we've been using the last couple weeks. Uh, Verse 37 of Romans 8 says, Yet in all these things, now, of course, he just got done talking about all these kind of things that you deal with on a daily basis, all the kind of pressures, uh, physical pressures and mental pressures and people pressures and all kinds of problem pressures and all kinds of things that are going on all the way around you all the time. Amen. It says, Yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. That word's the same word there, Nikael. We are more than overcomers. More than, than victorious, more than, uh, you know, we prevail. Amen. Praise God. These, uh, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Everybody say, through Him. Through Him who loved us. And that's what we're going to spin off here today. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. Through Him. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know He made a way for you and me? Amen. Through Him. Who loved us? Look at your neighbor. Amen. Say, neighbor. God loves you. Amen. Do you know he loves you? That's good news. There was a day in my life I needed to hear that on a regular basis. Come on. I got a revelation of it now. God loves Jerry. Amen. I'm grateful. Amen. And God loves you too. Amen. We ought to all get to the place we feel like we're God's favorite. Amen. It's actually scriptural. Amen. Hallelujah. You are his favorite, praise God. Smile real big neighbor and say, I guess you could be his favorite too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. So with that said, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3, please. Ephesians chapter 3. Now, did you come to get it today? You got an ear to hear today? You got a heart to receive today? You're going to allow them to open the eyes of your understanding today? Praise God. We're going to get something today. Amen. Because why? We're overcomers. Praise God. Amen. So chapter 3 of Ephesians. In verse 20, a common text. All right. Let's read it. Praise God. Now. Everybody say now. Every time you read that, it's updated. I don't know. Just a thought I had. But anyway, every time you read it, it's like now. Okay, now. Yeah, right now. Amen. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That's quite a lot of of big stuff there. Come on, right? Above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. Now, you know, we are more than conquerors through Him. All right? Through Him. Now, to Him... 
who is able, okay, let's define a little bit. We, you know how we are with some word study here. We got, you know, got to do that, amen. So the word able here means, or able to do, is dynamic, okay, which means uh, to be able or possible to do. It means to be of power to do. In other words, what it means is it's unlimited. Are you hearing me? See, God, they're, they're, God's unlimited. See, he, He's able. What is, it, what is it? He's able. Well, you know I got this. He's able. Right? All right? He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. That's actually one word, exceedingly abundantly in the Greek. Parisosos. Uh, Parisosos, uh, I think is how it's pronounced. Anyway, so if I pronounce it wrong, oh well. You couldn't do it either. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you could. It means uh, super abundantly, okay? It means beyond measure. It means even more. So in other words, no matter how much you could think of, whatever you could think of, he says, even more. Unlimited. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. What could you come up with? He can do more. All right? Above all, okay? Above all, hoopa is the Greek word, over and above. Beyond all, superior to, more or higher than. Amen. In other words, in God, there are no limits. So we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. Amen. We are, uh, we are those that prevail, those that, that gain a decisive victory. Praise God. Why? Because through Him who loved us, we can do all things. Amen. There's no limits in God. I said there's no limits in God. Amen. We've got to settle that. There's no limits in God. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, it says here, above all that we ask or think. Hmm. Ask or think. How big can you think? How big can you ask? This word "ask" uh, refer, you know, there's several synonyms that go with this, but uh, whatever you desire, whatever. But it also means a demand. Now, it doesn't mean like you're getting, you know, cocky with God and and uh, you know being, you know, lippy or something. I'm demanding from God something. But what it means is to put a demand upon heaven's resources. All right. So you're putting a demand, Amen, with your faith. Amen. On something being done, something being met, praise God. So whatever we ask or think, and if you really stop and break it down, it's really right there is the clincher, is the word think. Because you won't ask beyond what you think. Are you still with me? See, sometimes what happens is our thinker gets in the way of our believer. Come on now. And we have all, re, all of heaven's resources at our disposal. We have a God that in whom nothing is, is impossible for. Come on now. He's a God. Amen. Nothing's impossible. He's the God of all flesh. There's nothing too hard for him. Come on now. Amen. And the word just says that if you will believe, amen, nothing will be impossible for those who believe. Praise God. But our thinker gets in the way sometimes. I said our thinker gets in the way sometimes. Amen. Because then the next phrase says this, okay, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us, okay, that works in us, amen. 
So let's define that a little bit because that's kind of where we're going with this thing. The word power here is dynamis, okay, which means a miraculous power or ability. It means a to-be-possible force. Now look, it said according to the, what the power were. Where is it at? Where's the power? That's something that's working in us. Okay, but there's something. Why? Because you're born of God. There's something in there. And if we get it working right, woo, we can get some things done. Come on now. Hallelujah. According to the power, dynamis, okay, dunamis, some might say, okay, but it means a to-be-possible force. In other words, it also means existing in possibility. Amen. So what could you believe for? What could you press in for? What could you make a demand with your faith on concerning heaven's resources? What is it? How, what, how big can you think? In fact, put the, do you have the Amplify by chance? I didn't give you that one. But if you could find that for me, Kathy, appreciate that. Sorry to do that to you. But I was just thinking about the Amplified on this. And I meant to give you that earlier and I didn't do it. So if you find it, let me know. Praise God. Let me read it to you, though. Uh, the Amplified says this. Now to him who, uh, by in consequence of the actions of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely, here we go, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That's the Amplified. So when you start, you know, breaking down this verse, that's, that's kind of, you know, the Amplified kind of breaks it down, defines it, praise God, and kind of, you know, expands it, praise God. So let me ask you some questions again. How, 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 how big could you ask? How big, how big could you think? How big can you pray? How big can you desire or think? or hope, or dream. Are you with me today? See, he's asking, he says, listen, you know, all of this, all that he has, see, there's no limit with him, so he's just saying that it's going to be dependent on what we get working in you. See, that to-be-possible force, that, that, that existing impossibility, amen, if we could get you to believe that nothing is impossible with God, Guess what? Nothing will be impossible with God in your life. But we have a tendency to shut things down based on thinking. Come on now. We start thinking maybe we're deserving of the lot that we got right now. Or, you know, that's just our rotten old stinky luck the way life is. And I just drew the short end of the stick. And, and that's just the way it goes, I guess. And, and, and maybe someday, you know, in the sweet by and by, you know, that, that pie in the sky, maybe someday this will all uh, work out fine or somehow. Come on now. And God says, well, you don't have to wait till you get there to have her. I'd like to work something in your life right now. But the thing is, we have a tendency based on things that have gone on, based on our past, based on thought processes. Come on now, we begin to think in the sense of limits. Are you still with me? There's no condemnation. Do you know that uh, limit thinking will not, uh, you know, doesn't get in the way of 
the love of God in your life. God's going to love you regardless of how you think. Smile real big into your neighbor and say, whew, that's a good thing. And that is good. Because there's some days, you know. I remember one time with a prophetess, one time she was ministering and she called out my name and she wanted to speak over me about something and and <laughs> I was pretty new to this and but yet I really valued the gift that was in her because she was pretty accurate in everything she spoke and did and, and just being young in the Lord you know uh, she says Jerry I want you I want you to come on up here and I thought all my my everything in me was says good thoughts good thoughts good thoughts good thoughts good thoughts because <laughs> man she could read your mail Amen. Well, guess what? God already reads your mail. Come on, somebody. God knows what kind of thoughts you have, and sometimes they're not always good. Come on now. But God is still in love with you. But did you know that limit thinking, even though it won't mess up the love of God, it'll mess up the life of God that you're called to? Are you still with me? In fact, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, and let's put, uh, let me show you that. Chapter 4, I think it's like verse 17. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We'll come back there to chapter 3 probably in a minute. Hallelujah. So chapter 4, verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk, in other words, conduct life, live life, as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In other words, as those without God. Now remember... You know, you without God, before you knew God, you were considered, you were part of that group. Come on now. So now he's writing a letter to the church, and he's asking you not to walk or live like they do. So in other words, he's asking you not to walk or to live your life like you used to. Does that make sense? It's key here. Okay. So therefore I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Come on now. Verse, uh, the rest of it here says, uh, in, it says, in the futility of their mind. All right? The word uh, futility uh, here means, uh, let me get it here. I kind of messed up all my notes, didn't I? Uh, it means depravity. Okay? And depravity of mind or inutility is another word. I had no idea what that word meant. So you look that word up and it means unprofitable. So when he's talking about the world, you know, thinks with a mind that really is uh, in utility or unprofitable. Come on now. It also means ineffective or incapable of producing right results. So he says, listen, when, before you knew God, you were just thinking what everybody else thought. And you just had a way of thinking and you conducted life. And really, to be honest, even though there were some things that might happen here and there, but in all honesty, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the results of God, you were, in, you were incapable of doing that because you didn't know God. You didn't have God. But he says, now you know God. Now you have God. And so we don't, we don't continue to walk and to live our life and to think like we used to think. Are you still with me? All right. So verse 18 now. All right, let me read it all the way through again. This I say, therefore I testify the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding. Okay, just means, you know, just 
talking about your, your mental management, the exercise of the mind. So men, their understanding darkened, okay? So when you didn't know God, your, your understanding was darkened, right? You didn't know. The lights weren't on yet. Thank you for all that encouragement. The light wasn't on yet, was it? Uh, so with that word, darkness means obscured or blurred, uh, confused or clouded. So your understanding was clouded. Amen? We're not saying that everybody was stupid. We're just saying that they just, they just their thinking wasn't right. Your thought process wasn't right. You, you thought like the rest of the world thought. You talk like they talk. You act like they act. You respond like they respond. You got offended when they got offended. You, you got mad when they got mad. You said the things out your mouth that everybody else would say. Come on now. So you thought that way. That's what you assumed that's what everybody did. Then you come into the kingdom, and you know, how many know that even though that born again experience is, a, is, is an instantaneous as far as the Spirit of God, you're now residing on the inside, you become born again. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But guess what? That brain, that head, has still got problems. Huh? You still got to renew that thing. You still got to get right thinking. Because you can still serve God and love God and you're heaven bound. You're going to heaven. You got fire insurance. Hallelujah. But you can still think like the world thinks. And you still respond and react and, and, and do things like the world would. And so what happens then, it says that when, when that's happening in your life, it says then you're being alienated from the life of God. The word alienated just means a non-participant. That's what it means. You're alienated from it. You're now a, you're a non-participant. You're no longer connected. So here it is. Even though the love of God is still intact, but he's talking to the church saying that you can be a non-participant of the life of God that's called to you, praise God, because you still want to think like the world thinks. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to have your mind renewed. Amen. All right. And it said, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, the word ignorance, um, let's see if I define it here. I don't know if I put it in my notes. I thought I did, maybe. It just means unlearned or unaware, unacquainted with. It means literally the absence of knowledge about certain things. Um, and so you have to understand uh, ignorance. Um, ignorance is a doorway for the enemy. Um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, well, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, I, you know, I understand what they're talking about, but ignorance is, is really a trap. Because if you're ignorant of the truth, then you continue to walk in something that's not the truth. Come on now. And if we're still operating out of some, some you know, the process of thinking that the world used to do and how, how we did when we were in the world, then what happens is you're missing out on the life of God that you're called to all because of a way of thinking. Uh, Hosea talks about your, uh, my people perish or destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Uh, Isaiah, I think chapter 5, uh, talks about my people are brought into captivity because of a lack of knowledge. In other words, because they're ignorant of something, the enemy continues to ransack their lives. 
continues to pull the wool over their eyes and tell them it's okay to be, you know, sick or okay to be broke, busted, and disgusted, or it's okay to have uh, issues at home and issues with your kids. Come on, somebody. Thank you for all that encouragement. Well, you know, you think about it, we can go on and on, but you know, you, you know the, the terrible twos. Well, you know, my kids, two-year-old, terrible twos, here they come. Well, you know, you know, you kind of understand people, you know, the kids, uh, they have a process of learning and growing and developing, and we understand all that. But if you don't watch it, pretty soon you start raising your kid like they do in the world. And there's a different way of doing it in the kingdom. Come on now, terrible twos, the miserable threes, or whatever it is, I don't know, but, and, you know, then they become a teenager, <laughs> right, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't watch it pretty soon, see, we're conducting life based on thinking, come on now, based on thinking that was plugged into us maybe as we were growing up or whatever. Still with me? Yes. Now, uh, put... Uh, Put 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Put that up on the board, if you will, Kathy. Give Kathy a hand clap. What a blessing she is. Amen. All right. Now, this is a common text here, but kind of coming in the middle of it, but just to kind of make our point. Uh, casting down arguments. Okay. Uh, let's, in fact, let me read it, and then we'll come back up and kind of define it a little bit. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, tries to lift itself against the knowledge of God or the ways of God or the Word of God, right? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, the reason that he tells you that you can bring every thought into captivity is because you can. There's two reasons why you should bring every thought into captivity. One, because it's necessary. Number two, because you can't. Now, the reason to bring them into captivity is because there's thoughts come, and if you don't watch it, Thoughts will start setting up camp. Yeah. And that's your property. And now they're out there uh, setting up camp on your property. And if you don't run it out, it'll just stay there as long as you let it. Come on, somebody. And pretty soon it claims rights. And if it goes a little bit further, pretty soon you claim it as your thought. You think it's right when all along it may not even line up with the book. It may not even line up with the knowledge of God or the ways of God. So it says you have to cast down. That literally means to lower with violence. There is nothing, when you look up the word casting down, it is, it is about as violent as it gets. Because if this is what this is how serious you have to be with this stuff. The word arguments means deep thought, reasonings, or imaginations. The reason it's used, the, the New King James uses the word argument is because that's exactly what it comes. Those little reasonings come up to try to argue their point. Try to argue that it's higher and better than the thought of God. I know God said that, but... Well, you better cast that butt down. Come on, you better take authority over it right now and say, uh-uh, I ain't going to go there, I ain't going to think that way. Why? Because it's limit thinking. God wants to take you higher. And it says, and of every high thing that exalts itself, every high thing. Now, this is a key word here, the high thing. 
uh, means computations or reasonings again. Uh, oh, pardon me, wrong one here. Here we go. It means elevated place or a thing. There we go. It means in, uh, something that has tried to, by far to elevate itself or something high, make itself higher. All right, and get this. By implication, this is how it's worded. By implication, it's a barrier or a lid. So arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself over the Word of God and become a lid. God, all things are possible with God, but now we have a lid that we're shutting her down. What do we have working in us? According to the power, the dunamis, that's at work, energeo, that's activated, that's energized, that's producing. What is it you got working in you? Is it got a lid on it? Then it's limited. Do you know the word limit means to a point no more? And sometimes if you start getting in this, you start figuring out the whole time God has called you to be an overcomer. You can overcome any area of your life. But because of certain ways of thinking, it's created a lid and we go to a point and no more. So it shuts down overcoming ability and power just based on thinking. So he said, well, you know, no, listen, uh, Mark in uh, 7 uh, says that, this is what Jesus said. Okay, words in red. Okay, he said that, talking about the Pharisees, said that they have shut down the word of God based on their traditions, way of thinking. They literally says they've made the word of God, the ways of God, the knowledge of God, they've made the word of God to no effect. And yet the Word of God's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to get the job done no matter what you take after, praise God. That Word can do it, but a tradition, a way of thinking has shut it down, has put a lid over it. And the whole time it's trying to do something in your life. And the whole time you're wanting something to happen because you're, you're I'm believing God for things. But in the meantime, our way of thinking keeps shutting it down. So that's why when you start, you know, all these little if, ands, and buts that start coming up, we better start casting it down. When something ain't lining up with the book, you don't play patty cake with it. Come on now. Sometimes we just, you know, well, it's just, you know, it's how we've always thought. Well, that's, you know, how's that working for you? Okay, you know. Goes on from you know you know we we've uh, heard a lot of teaching over the years about generational curses and 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 there is such a thing but what makes a generational curse a curse a generational curse way of thinking it's always about a way of thinking you trained your kid and then they'll train their kid and they'll train their kid come on somebody you know it's like one 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 brother said he said you know grandma taught it and we all bought it now everybody say praise God for Grammy I'm not down on Grammy. I love Grammy. Amen. But uh, it doesn't matter if it's Grammy, if it's Grandpa, if it's Uncle Tom, if it's Aunt Susie. Come on, if you're an Uncle Susie or an Aunt uh, Uncle Tom, no offense. Just throwing out names here. Amen. But if you, it doesn't matter who taught it. Come on. If it don't line up with the book and you ended up buying it, come on, somebody. And then you wonder why something won't produce in your life or you wonder why you can't get past something in your life. This could be the reason. 
And so we have to begin, then, this is why we renew our mind to the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is a language of potential. That word that you have sitting on your lap, that word that we're reading on the board, is a language of its own. It's a language of potential where all things are possible. You hang out with the Word of God and you let the Word of God inspire your way of thinking. What it does is it starts moving you out of a realm of limitation into a realm of possibility when you renew your mind to the Word. What is the world? The world has its own language. It is. And I ain't talking about French or Spanish or anything like that. I'm talking about, amen, it has its own language. It doesn't matter what, what uh, dialect or what any, any, any language out there that you speak. The world in itself, the system of the world has its own language. And it is completely a language of limits. It will limit you. It will shut you down. But God and His Word are unlimited. And what you have on the inside is a potential of unlimited. So here we are now dealing with areas of our life to overcome, to conquer, but yet you start moving along and then you start thinking, well, you know, maybe that's, maybe I, I'm not really deserving of that. Or maybe, maybe, you know, really God maybe doesn't want me to have that. Or, or maybe, maybe, you know, uh, you know, that thing that's happening, maybe there's a reason for that thing. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're buying into a thought that's going to put a lid. And it's trying now to be that high thing that begins to exalt itself over the Word of God, what God's doing, the ways of God, amen, and it then creates a limit and shuts you down right there. And that's where you stay. Are you still with me? So, we're called, amen, to think beyond limits. Still with me? All right, all right. We're just kind of walking you through this, amen? Now, if we set our mind on limitations, guess what? That's all you get is limitations. You're contained. You set your mind on the things above, the Word brings out real clear that you tap into a realm of possibility. That's why you set your mind on things above. Romans 8 even talks about how your whole life, you live your life according to where you set your mind. Where you set your mind, where you aim your mind. Still with me? We never, a statement I've made multiple times, let's, let's, let's hear it again. We never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. Good or bad? Say, well, I don't like that. Well, then stop thinking that. Change that. Amen. Well, how do I do that? You cast it down. Take authority over it. Say, I, I refuse that thought. That's not a God thought. I refuse that. The Word of God says this. And you begin to quote the Word. Well, I don't, what if I don't know what the Word says? Then go get a promise book. Open your Bible and actually read it. I mean, you know, just a thought. But, you know, amen. Hallelujah. And I don't mean that to be, you know, sarcastic. It's just the facts. I mean, sometimes we'll go along and we're too busy hearing what the world has to say. Why not, why not listen to what God has to say? Because His ways are higher. 
And he is, listen, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could even ask or think. Desire or dream. And if there's an area you're trying to press through, an area you're trying to overcome, hallelujah, then how, how not a better way to do it than anything else? How about hook up to the one that'll show you how to overcome? Amen. All right. Whew. Put, uh, put Psalm 78 on the board, please. Thank you. We can go back to one of those other ones here in a minute. But Psalm 78. Now, all the Word says that, uh, you know, all the things that happened that were recorded in the Old Covenant were done for our own teaching and admonition to try to walk you through things, show you things, give you types and shadows, it calls, that would show you the do's and the don'ts. You can actually learn from the lives of somebody else. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to enroll into the school of hard knocks. Let's try that one more time. Some say, I'm already in that one, buddy. It's a high tuition. And sometimes it costs you more than you think it's going to cost you. It'll take more from you than you think it'll take. And uh, we're, not, we're not called, uh, and a lot of people, again, that's, that's worldly thinking, that we're all called to the school of hard knocks and learn it the hard way. Now, listen, we've all learned things the hard way, but I've learned things the hard way, and I've learned things just by spending time with the one that knows and spending the time with the one that knows is a whole lot easier and less expensive. Come on, somebody. And less, uh, you know, less pressure and less, uh, you know, all, it just, I mean, God is good. And so, uh, you know, we, we have a tendency to think that it's okay to go through a school of hard knocks. But if you don't watch it, that school of hard knocks may take more than you think. So he says here, he says, how often, this is talking about the children of Israel, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. Okay, remember now that, that desert, that was a trip, uh, you know, that according to Scripture, according to Deuteronomy, um, it says that from Mount Horeb, where they were going to come out, they came out of Egypt to go, God said, I call, he called him unto himself to come to the Mount, Mount of God, Mount Horeb, and worship him at the Mount. That's where they were all called to go. So he did all that he did to get him out of Egypt to bring him to, to, to the Mount of God to worship. And then it said, see, he was, they were going to spend some time in honoring and worship God, which there was a whole other issue with that. Come on, somebody. But the whole idea was to bring him unto him. He wanted to reveal himself to his people. Amen. And then go get a promised land. He promised them. So you come and worship, and he said then, it said this, it was an 11-day journey from Mount Horeb to where they could step over and actually look into the promised land. 11 days that turned into 40 years. Why? Because of stuff we're talking about. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Verse 41, please. Yes, again and again they tempted God. Always whining, always belly aching, always complaining. Come on, somebody. The word says even they would complain in their tents. They might come out and look all spiritual. Yeah. Have a you know, smolder. Come out, you know. You know, looking real spiritual. Yes, amen, that's right. Amen. Then it said they would walk into their tents and they'd 
moan and groan and bellyache with their family. And God says, amen, that what you did in your tent is what messed this up. Yeah. Well, you think, well, wait a minute. How, he, that's my tent. That's my domain. That shouldn't matter. It does matter. It's in those moments that really matter. Come on, somebody. So he says, they again and again, they tempted him. And it says, and limited the Holy One of Israel. He wanted to show himself strong. And how many times did he do that even? I mean, water out of a rock? Just to show them, listen, I'm unlimited. You're hungry? Okay. I'll rain something down on you. How about this? They pick it up and they go, what is it? That's exactly what manna means. What is it? Literally does. So they picked up manna and they made manna burgers, manna pie. Man of bread. <laughs> Pretty soon they're all tired of eating manna. They want to whine some more. Runs quail through. Come on, every day for some odd reason, all these herds of quail would run through and they'd all get their full and they'd all go back out. And for some reason, the next day, they all come back through again. Fire, a pillar of fire. Uh, by night would be there, a pillar of cloud by day to prove every day that God was there. He said, come to the mountain, worship, and they go, oh, no, 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 no. let Moses do that. God says, I want you all to come. No, no, Moses, he can do that, he can handle it. Well, how'd that, how'd that do for you? That whole generation, come on, except for two men, became fertilizer. Come on now. Two men go on with the next generation and the promised land that was promised to the first generation who wouldn't take hold of it was passed on to the next generation because they were willing to take hold of it. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, it said that again and again they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel, verse 42. Why? Well, their way of thinking. They did not remember His power. It literally means, you know, the exercise of the mind, to call to remembrance. They did not remember His power. What power? Well, the day when He redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And if you read that whole psalm, He talks about multiple times through that where He redeemed them, where He delivered them, where He provided for them. For he, well, the way He did this and did that and did this and did that, the whole time the enemy had, was shut down because God stepped on the scene. Come on, somebody. Because there's no limits in God. No limits. What can you believe for today? What could you ask for today? What could you hope for today or dream for today, What is it that, that you need working in you? And in context of the series, what is it you need to overcome in your life? What is it you need to have happen in your life? What could you believe concerning that? Are your thoughts thoughts that put a lid? Thoughts that shut it down? 
Or are they thoughts, praise God, that allow an unlimited God to move on behalf of a people of God to bring the past, amen, all the promises of God, amen, hallelujah, and you just walk on, praise God, as an heir of God and a child of God, hallelujah, walking in the blessing of God, living in the life of God. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Now, let's go back. And we're going to do, uh, go back to the Ephesians 4, if you will, Kathy. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4. Verse, uh, let's do verse 18. Thank you. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated or a non-participant of the life of God. Remember, he's talking to the church. He's referring to the world, to the Gentile, those without God. But he's telling you, don't. Think like they think, or you'll get the same results that they get. So he says, don't be one that's alienated from the life of God. The word life here, zoe, zoe life, okay, which means absolute life. Amen. No hint of darkness. Absolute life means the, uh, the, the abundant life, absolute life, the life of God, and life without limits. Are you hearing me? See, when you operate in the life of God, it's amazing what begins to happen in your life when you've tapped heaven's resources. What could you ask for today? What could you think? What could you hope for? What could you dream? Amen. And religiosity would try to tell you that, you know, Trying to make God like some, you know, you know, deep pockets. He's just going to give. Listen, if you got, a, if you understood the love of God, you'd never talk that way. You know, I love it that my, I, w- I want my kids to succeed. Anybody else like their kids succeed? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, they maybe ain't perfect, but they're 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 gaining. Come on, somebody. And we like it when our kids succeed. We like it when they get a victory. We like it when they, you know, they have some successes under their belt. Come on, somebody. I don't care which parent. Amen. Now, there, maybe, I guess maybe I should, there's probably a few parents out there a little warped. But I think most parents uh, are not thinking, you know, evil on their kids. They're thinking, amen, the blessing or prosperity or success over their kids. Come on, somebody. Wow. Three of you? Anybody else in agreement with that? All right, see? Now, uh, you know, uh, uh, God is thinking those same kind of thoughts for His kids. And yet, the Word is very clear that even at your best at parenting, you can't even tap the kind of love, amen, that God has for you. And you may think, man, I'd do anything for my kid. And most of you probably would. You'd die for your kid if you, hey, I would do whatever it took. And yet, God says, I've already died for you. I've already paid the price. I've already offered you everything. Everything you could ever possibly need is at your disposal. What could you dream for? What could you hope for? What could you ask for? What could you think? I mean, how big could you think? Or are the thoughts that you're thinking thoughts that shut it down? Listen, it starts giving you answers. We go along, we talk about... Uh, provision, and then we the next breath we talk about how we ain't never have anything, and it ain't never worked for us. You know, just my old rotten luck. 
And the whole time God says, all my resources are available unto you. You keep shutting it down. Talk about health and wholeness, and yet thoughts that can come and limit that and shut it down. God talks about things like offenses and, and things like you know, unforgiveness and, and all these kind of things that can come in and, and then through world thinking can shut down I mean, what God's trying to do in your life. Anybody hear me today? Yeah. Um, I know I didn't give you this verse, Kathy, but Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 11, I believe it is. Amen. And uh, 29:11. Yes, it is. Okay, common verse, but it kind of it kind of fits in here. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Now, do you, do you think God's thinking good thoughts? Yes. Amen. Do you know God has thoughts about you? Come on, or we get thoughts towards you. So there are thoughts that are towards you. Amen. Now, what kind? He tells what kind of thoughts. Thoughts of peace, wholeness, complete. That word there is the word shalom, which means everything working, everything in divine order. When, when uh, uh, you know, people of that end of the world, when they're, when they're sh- greeting each other, they, they, they speak to one another, hey, shalom, shalom. What they do is they tell each other how, they, how, the, how things are. Where we're from, it's all about how are you. We're asking how you're doing, which could be a real dangerous question. <laughs> Amen. See, in that part of the world, they don't ask that question. They declare it over each other. Everything working in fine order for you. Everything's well and whole in your life. Amen. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Everything happening like it should. Yes. Shalom. And they go, well, shalom back to you. Oh, yeah, shalom to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, shalom to you. Amen. So God's thoughts are thoughts of shalom or peace, right? And not of evil. Not of evil. Well, this word could mean just about every ugly thing you can think of. So let's read them. This is what God does not think for you. Failure. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done or what, and, and, and what that person's done. Listen, God has never thought a failure thought for anybody. Ever. Now, maybe their thoughts are thoughts of failure, and they're getting the results of those thoughts. But God has never thought those thoughts of you. All right? Thoughts of trouble, thoughts of sorrow and adversity. Well, Pastor, we deal with that. Yeah, but God tells you how to, how to walk through it, how to win, how to conquer, how to overcome it. He didn't say it wasn't around. He just said this is how you win in the midst of it. If God was thinking our thoughts of adversity for any of us, we're all in trouble. That's just the way it is. And you won't be getting out of it. But God don't think that way. Thoughts of calamity, distress. These are all synonyms to that word evil. Okay, it just means about every ugly thing you can think of. Affliction, misery, displeasure. Those are not God's thoughts towards you. God's thoughts are thoughts of peace, wholeness, everything working, everything whole and complete in divine order. Amen. In other words, the life of God. His thoughts towards you are the life of God, where everything in God is 
unlimited. Amen. You're walking in the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. You're walking, praise God, with your needs met. Amen. The bills are paid. Hallelujah. Amen. You're walking healthy and whole. These are the thoughts that God has towards you. To give you a future literally means an expected end. In other words, literally means the end you desire. What can you dream for, believe for, hope in? What could you ask? What could you think? Amen. What is what kind of future are you thinking for you? Amen. Is it something that that that, that world thinking has put a lid on? Or can you believe like God believes? Come on, somebody. Could you believe in what God's thinking? Could you connect your thoughts to his thoughts, amen, to grab hold of that future and that expected end, that hope, praise God, hallelujah, that God has promised you? Anybody? Come on. Give the Lord a shout. Come on. What could you believe for? Put Judges 6, verse 15. Well, Gideon had a little problem. Now, the angel of the Lord showed up, you know, under instruction of the Lord and said, uh, call him a mighty man of valor. So what's God's thoughts toward Gideon? Mighty man of valor, okay? But this was, this was Gideon's thoughts. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I guarantee you that is not God's thought. Come on, somebody, right? But if you don't watch it, that's where we hang out. Well, you know, you don't understand what all we've been through. Well, listen, we're not making light of, uh, you know, uh, things that you've been through. Uh, you know, well, you don't understand my family. We're not making light of what you're dealing with with your family. Well, you just don't understand what I, have, what I have to deal with on a daily basis. Listen, we're not making light of any of that. We're just telling you that if that's where your thinking's going to hang out, you'll never become the mighty man or woman of valor. It won't happen until you change your thinking. And that's what he had to do with Gideon, is change his thinking. Once he got his thinking changed, that's all it changed. Once he got his thinking changed, that's all changed. Yes. Nothing else changed. He didn't get bigger muscles. That's right. Come on. He didn't all of a sudden become even smarter than he was a minute ago. All he had to do was just change his viewpoint, change his way of thinking. And he went down in history as a mighty man yeah. of valor that originally is hiding in a wine press from the enemy. It was just a way of thinking. Give me another one. Let's do numbers. Put that one. I'm, I'm wrapping her up right here. This is the, the ten, or pardon me, the, uh, when the spies came back from the promised land after spying out the land, the ten, of course, had a, a word calls it an evil report. And, of course, Gideon and Joshua, or pardon me, not Gideon, I meant uh, Caleb and Joshua, um, they, of course, tried, uh, you know, they, they believed God and trusted God, and they're the only two men that went into the, uh, into the promised land with the next generation. But these ten men, this is how they viewed it. This was their way of thinking. It says, when they went in there, there we saw the giants and the descendants of Anak uh, come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So we were like, in other words, our way of thinking is we look pretty minute, Pretty puny. There's no way we can do this. They look at themselves as less than. Come on, somebody. 
as, the, as those that were in the promised land. So we see, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. Ah, oh, young grasshopper. <laughs> right? All right. So anyway, they see themselves as a grasshopper in their own sight, and so they assume they were spies. They didn't go up to other people in the, in the, in the promised land and say, how do you view me? They'd have, they'd have lost their lives if they'd have done that. They were spies. They snuck in, snuck out. But they assumed that's the way everybody else saw them. No different. And if you don't cast that kind of way of thinking down, it'll limit you every time. Most insecurities all come out of this right here. Okay? If there's any kind of insecurity in your life, deal with it. Please. Amen. Amen. In Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. Amen. You're victorious in Christ. Amen. He's leading you in all triumph. Praise God. I mean, you have no reason to be insecure about anything. Because in the light of God, amen, you're, you have no reason to be insecure. You have a God that's on your side. A God that's with you. Amen. A God that's unlimited. But a way of thinking will shut it down. Fear, because really insecurity is just a thought of fear. And remember, your victory is found in your faith. In other words, if you can believe this, you can have this. But if your faith, in other words, if it, if it, if it really isn't faith in God, but it's more, now listen, 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 it's more faith in evil, which is what fear means. Fear-based thoughts instead of faith-filled thoughts, what happens is it'll, shut, it'll limit you every time. And the whole time you're called to do great things. You know, you, you try to explain, hey, you can do this, you can be, oh, you just don't understand. No, 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 no stop, stop. No, oh, no, you just don't get it. You know, if you, only, if you only knew, Pastor, I know this all works for you, but it don't work for me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 Pastor, you just don't understand. I know you mean well. But you just don't get it. I'm not the one not getting it here. Come on now. And we're not, we're not saying we're above anybody. That's not what we're doing. We're just children of God, claiming what's ours as men and women of God. Praise God. The promises of God. Amen. We're just grabbing hold of what's ours. And don't let the enemy take it from you anymore. Don't let the enemy steal what God has given. Don't let the enemy quench or lid or put a limit on what God is trying to do in your life. Can I hear a big amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You got the spits all over me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Why don't you all say amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Why don't you all stand up and let me pray over you. Thank you for letting me get a little ways down the road with that today. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't want to be a non-participant of the life of God. And I don't want you to be a non-participant. If that Zoe life, that abundant life is available, then let's grab it. Amen. Amen. And if there are certain ways of thinking that are trying to, trying to steal that, and listen, you know, especially now, I guarantee you're going to get that little witness on the inside. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. A little thought you had thought, and all of a sudden you're just going to remember, oh, you're limiting God. So what do you do with it? You cast it down. Just say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that thought. That's not my thought. You will not set up camp in my head. 
Amen. I refuse to think that way. God provides. God delivers. God heals. Amen. God take, will take care of this. God will see to it this works and that happens and this comes into order and that will praise the Lord. And little by little as you begin to grow and renew your mind to the Word of God, pretty soon you've got verses to stand on. But you've got to take authority over them thoughts because they'll limit you. Those thoughts that are outside God, I should say. All right. Are you with me? All right, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for a people of God, amen, who lean on you, trust in you, amen, who walk in that realm of possibility, that realm of potential. Hallelujah. Walking free from behind walls of containment and limitations. Praise God. Walking and fulfilling who they are, hallelujah, walking in those gifts and those callings, and at the same time, praise God, amen, fulfilling, seeing the life of God manifested in every, every part of their being. And for that, I give you the praise and I give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.